but got it. Oh man, back at it again. Show me more of that basement. <laughs> what do you want to see? Uh, I want to see your cute dog, or just walk me around. Uh, for listeners oh, that may get Tommy. Uh, is my cute ooh. dog. She's Tommy. looking at you guys. You see her? She's hearing. She's hearing you. She's like, "What the heck is going on?" Yeah. All right, let me show you. See, you ready? What on earth? Yeah, dude. Dude. Not too shabby, right? That is clean. What goes under there? The other part of that, that oh, shelf. That's just a little seating area. Tight. Yeah. So that comes along. Good news. I just signed my third lease. So congrats, Dude, man. I got uh got my first gal moving in December twenty-eighth. My second one moving in January first. And my third one moving in January fourteenth. Look at you. One room. And we'll be making uh, 19 a month. 19 grand. And uh, 19 grand, that's right. 1900. Our mortgage is 22. So we'll be paying, what's the math, 300 bucks a month for a house. Which is pretty good. Dude, that's fire. Oh, yeah. But. You know, kind of as we were talking about, we spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about real estate when there are so many other methods of building wealth. And I think we wanted to hear some things about you, Mr. Siege. Yeah. Your platform for building wealth, how you've done it, how you started a business. How you Absolutely. Started. Well, we can play a little hot seat. Um, for those that may be aware, may not, I actually run my own investment firm, um, get to do it with great old partnership with Charles Schwab. So I looked for the best and brightest and made sure that I did it with them because they're amazing. And I'll go into more of those details on why and how they're amazing. But yeah, right guy, like you said, if you want, uh, I could, treat this like an open book time you guys can ask me any question you want and then uh, i can give some answers maybe funny stories cry a lot and just usually the full <laughs> breakdown on how business how goes I, yeah on how i break down yeah sure. i think that's a great idea again you know talking with canon beforehand we, we you know we felt like we've you know it's kind of the 2v1 you know scenario here we got two guys really into real estate and um, and uh, I feel like we've kind of leaned that way. And, you know, I, I think that uh, for the sake of our listeners, as well as for the sake of me and Cannon hearing other expertise, I think that'd be a good thing to do. Cannon, any thoughts? No, again, just reiterating, we've focused on real estate and there's so many other ways to build wealth. And um, Ryan and I are attempting to build wealth uh, through real estate and homes and stuff like that. And CJ, you're already crushing it. Yeah. Um, and you're, using other people's money as well like you are you're in charge of a lot dude and uh would love to hear kind of how this started for you and where this is currently and your five-year goal your 10-year goal and yeah uh, yeah yeah if you were to close your eyes and be like 
I am doing this in yeah. Yeah, <laughs> 10 years or whatever. And reiterate okay. for us, CJ, when you start, you know, just the past two podcasts, we've, we've talked about the whys and the hows. And, you know, I just want to make sure you kind of spend a second to reiterate the why and the how for yourself, you know, as you kind of start getting into what you're doing. Sure. Uh, I think that's a really good question to begin on just, you know, how I got started. Um, I, to back things up, grew up in Texas, went to a grand old university called Texas A&M University <laughs> and decided to leave school, graduate uh, and go into the world of finance. Um, that was not always kind of what I thought I'd go into. Um, I thought I might be more medicine, but had always had a passion for numbers and math. And so got directed in that route. Um, you may think you know some things in college, and I certainly thought I did, especially with, you know, some potential investing or um, different techniques, strategies, you name it, but was completely lost. Uh, I actually started in the world of investing when I was 14 years old uh, with my grandfather, um, who taught me how to <laughs> trade options when I was a teenager. No, so that was no my way. First oh yeah, completely. Well, not completely, but very uh, aggressive style of trading. Uh, I don't even know what an option is, dude. Yeah. What's an option? Oh. <laughs> well, we can begin there. An option is basically a contract that you can say and gives you the option to buy or sell uh, in the sense of let's just use equities or stocks. You can buy or sell an equity or stock after a certain amount of time. So if I, for instance, want to buy a call on some fake fruit company called Apple, um, I could buy a call on Apple, this fake company that says, oh, if it's trading at some price today, then I think it'll trade at a higher price. And then I can get that. It's very nuanced. We can honestly spend 70 million hours on it. It gets super detailed. But that was my first introduction and I thought I knew a ton just from that made a lot of money actually in college trading from that um wow. while at A&M but then graduate started job where I actually get my licenses to um manage other people's money and do financial advisor planning so your series seven uh is what it's called your series 66 um is what I have so that's basically the same thing as you can also just have your series 65, which is another test. And all I do uh, currently is assets under management. So people with investments that, like I said earlier, get to be custodied and invested through Schwab, but then I manage those portfolios and accounts for clients. Um, so I got started in this and then in what 2016 uh, started building the book of business through lots of connections millions of phone calls just setting different meetings um a lot of convincing hard people yeah i mean i could say at that time what was it, 22 it was like hey i've been investing for eight years which is true because i started when i was 14 right. um <laughs> still 22 years old um and so the right. people that started working with me then we're just 
the nicest way to put it homies they were just the homies (laughs) they knew that i was just brand new and they trusted me but you know five and a half years later to today that has just been a grind of lots of client meetings phone calls cold calling marketing a ton of different things to get new clients and build a book business while then still learning the main aspect uh, or working on my firm or product um, is doing the research. We're, we're, actually knowing what stocks to buy or sell or trade uh, or invest hmm. a certain client's account in a you know certain way that meets their goals or objectives. Now, where did you learn um, those skills? That cold calling, the marketing, the, the selling? Yeah. Where, where'd you pick that? You're 22, you know, fresh out of college. Where did you learn how to do that? I started with a firm called 49 Financial, uh, which was a DBA for AXA Equitable. So it was an insurance What is DBA? Doing business as. Good question. So they were their branch. They were a branch at the time. Um, and had lots of trainings from tons of people there on how to do those phone calls, what to say, cool. how to set up a meeting. And they basically got this sales um, kind of mentality and then outlined down of call, set the meeting, run the meeting. There's going to be two to four different types of those meetings. But then the last meeting, you're basically wanting to close the client, uh, run a strategy. And so the client would want to work with you. Mm-hmm. And each one is you know customized to whatever that client needs. Um, but that was in a world of doing insurance, which I don't do anymore, mm-hmm. uh, just personal preference. Um, but that's where I got a ton of just sales training that's honestly been invaluable. And mm-hmm. that helped a ton to mm-hmm. get all the clients in the book of business that I have today. Mm-hmm. Um, but led from that into another uh, investment firm um, and was there for a year. And I would say with that firm, Tolson and Company, actually spent a huge amount of time learning the ins and outs of more portfolio management. Uh, I got to see how to customize portfolios, what type of investments, you know, equity stocks um, or your bonds or your ETFs um, that made sense for a client. You know, nobody can time the market, but you can be smart and strategic on how you start investing for sure. Um, but there was a lot of that, that I had some exposure to, but my first experience, I would say is more sales. My second experience was more, how do you customize something perfectly for a client? Um, and then I got to leave that firm, uh, to start my own. I got lucky enough to be at a spot where it made a lot of sense. And my clients were like, Hey, we love you do your thing. And, uh, it was perfect. So started Baskets Capital June of 2021. And yeah, I'm uh, lucky enough to say I'm making more money now than uh, all the other years together. So Wow, that's incredible, dude. Yeah. How many people are on your team? Um, That's the fun part. So I partnered with Schwab. Like I said earlier, they're perfect. Um, I get a, I love them to death. They're, they're fantastic, but they give me a team of about eight people that are all in house. 
Um, I get to coordinate with them and they help me on a variety of different things and needs. Um, but outside of them, it's just me for mm. all of baskets capital. Wow. You know, I think it's kind of funny. You're always, you know, calling us and making jokes about how we're going to buy the nice ski condo when we're rich, but listening to you now, it sounds like I'm going to be the one who's going to be, uh, <clears throat> couch surfing in your ski condo. Mr. Oh, I don't know, man. Successful. I, man. <laughs> you, I mean, you know, from this week, I've sent you guys like numerous different texts, I think on different properties. I'm like, Oh, this looks cool. Cause I know nothing like nothing about real estate <laughs> I do 10 minutes of looking into it. I'm like, Oh, it's dog poop. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that'd be another, another good uh, topic for uh, another podcast is maybe running a calculation or underwriting a, a real estate deal. Um, that could be kind of fun, but yeah. Um, like now and uh, tag your friend. If that's something you want to do on our non-existent social media pages. Cool. Yo, <laughs> love this communication. We're sponsored by Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they listen. Um, okay, so kind of one of the main themes that I'm hearing in your experience is it, is it sounds like a lot of learning, um, a yeah. lot of learning. And it actually reminds me of, of my dad, who's a doctor. And one of the things that you don't, a lot of people don't think about doctors is they didn't just go to medical school for 12 years to learn their trade. Mm -hmm. They have to continually study and research and be ahead of the game and ahead of the, of the new thing. You can't stop learning as a doctor because there's continually new drugs. There's always new tech. There's new this, there's new that there's new studies that show that doing this helps the patient better mm -hmm. than this traditional way. And if you're not learning, like you're out of a job, you know, no one's going to go see you. So how do you stay ahead of it all, man? Like what, what does that look like for you? So this could be the uh, make it or break it for anyone interested in this career. Um, because I, I love this part, the research, the data analytics. I probably spend a good three to four hours every day Jeez. just looking into stuff. Wow. I love it. Um, I use lots of different tools. Uh, and that might be high on maybe something on today I did, but I don't know. It, it can vary. Just chalk it up to a couple hours or a few hours every day. Sure. A good but morning star reports, Schwab, uh, once again, shout out to them. Um, they provide a ton of research and things that I can look at where I get vital information and can go after fundamental, um, type of research, which is looking at your financials, earnings per share, uh, revenue, a uh, bunch of different metrics, and then technical data, which allows me to look at, you know, historical price and chart movements and things like that. Uh, and I love it. So I build out spreadsheets and all sorts of stuff and just say, okay, you know what, what makes sense? Wow. And so then you yeah. take that data and that information that you've learned and you apply it to the people whose money you, that you're managing. Yes. Uh, and I'm, you know, not perfect. No one is. Uh, but I love talking about it right now because I get like two minutes a day of talking stocks with my wife. <laughs> and she's like, we're done. We're done. Like, That's it. Off. We started the marriage off at 10 minutes and we're down to two. So <laughs> it's okay. Compromise. Yeah, there you go. Um, so are you stressed? I, 
you're managing a lot of people's money. Does that, how stressed are you? How, like, how do you do, what do you do to manage that? Uh, cry. It's a lot of, I'm kidding. Uh, I, <laughs> it goes around. It's the best way to explain it is <clears throat> managing expectations and emotions of your clients mm-hmm. is, uh, is also a big part of the job. Yeah. So, yeah, I can get stressed and I don't like when a portfolio may go down and, you know, the whole market and everybody's going down, but, you know, it, you know, these clients super well, you have relationships with them. And so you don't want that portfolio balance for anybody uh, to decrease. Um, but at the same time, it's, I think what I do to help myself on managing expectations is take the macro view and say, I trust in, you know, the strategies. I, I trust in, you know, how we put this portfolio together and the client and I are on the same page and we're doing everything specific to them. So if there's a tough wave, we can go through it. <laughs> like yeah. when COVID hit, that was, that was not fun. No. Um, but then it provided one of the biggest rebalance of all time. Yeah. And being able to, be customized for each client whether i remove some of the you know positions or you know cash off the table so to speak uh or not when it started to pick back up and there were lots of different indicators and research i mean 2020 ended up being one of the you know it was the best year ever for my clients and that was with a you know 30 percent drop in the market overall Wow. Um, That's so just taking advantage of what, what happened right afterwards. Mm. Dang. Dang. I wanted to shift topics a little bit, CJ. Um, let's yeah. pretend I'm a, I'm a noob and I got 5K to throw into Robinhood or whatever platform that an individual prefers. Like, how would you start out? Like, what, what advice would you give? some guy who just got lucky with a scratch off instead yeah. of buying more scratch offs, you know? <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. I made it big. <laughs> now I can actually buy more. Uh, lottery tickets. Scratch offs. Uh, expectation settings important first to just be like, Hey, sure. There are some stocks out there and you'll see stories of, you know, people, hit you know getting to the moon but what you should envision your investment strategy is something that technically should be long term um everybody's different you could be short term etc but um what i would say five years 10 years 15 years 30 years i consider i consider long term closer to 10 um but it can be a variety right um, so somebody's getting started is technically um, somebody who's you know interested in hey I can put money into something and then that can potentially grow and so doing your research first is vitally important um, because whether it's a stock bond ETF you want to make sure that you know what you're investing in. Right. And there's lots of tools out there, but I would say do that 
over hopping on a TikTok or YouTube and then looking at some person that says they trade, you know, a million times a day. They live in California with two Lamborghinis. And then they tell you at the end of the video to buy these two stocks. That doesn't always work out. Um, you're going to definitely want some more personal research into it. Uh, and again, it, can I, can I pry a little yeah. bit more into that? So my yeah. background is an engineer and I love knowing the why behind it. So you mentioned data analytics and like doing your research, but like, ultimately like what trends are you looking for? Like, are you just looking for like past or projections or are you running like Monte Carlo simulation? What are you looking for? Are you like, how like, you. Yeah. in depth, like is, is your analysis of all this stuff? Um, yeah, just from a number standpoint, like I like numbers too and numbers tell a story and are you just looking at probabilities? Is it a yeah. mix of everything? Does each, everyone have their own strategy? Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's different techniques for everything. Right. Um, well, at the risk of FINRA, the SEC, and the state of Texas uh, taking away my licenses and then kidnapping my dog and burning my house down, which is what they do if you violate any of their rules. Um, so I look at technical uh type of data charting right i look at all of this i have a bunch of different programs on my computer that gives me that uh but a lot of it also just ties in meshes immediately with the fundamental stuff so for the, someone who's just interested or just getting into investing technical is like what you said canon you're looking at the price movement so it could be over a day it could be three months it could be five years right you're seeing what the chart has technically done, um, whether that's been news, market movements, whatever, great. Doesn't always mean if it's done something in the past that it can do something in the future, but it does, I mean, it does help on a lot of different investment strategies. But when you couple that or mesh it, I also put it together with fundamental data, which is how is the company doing, basically? What are its financials? What's its revenue at? What's its earnings per share? Uh, what's going on with the board, CEO, leadership, what type of innovative um, techniques or things are they doing? Uh, and you're not trying to outguess or, you know, hypothesize what they're going to put out there, but knowing how the company is structured and, you know, what could be happening in the long term with their projections ties in pretty well with them looking at how the past and what the company is up to. Um, and then putting that fundamental data with the technical data and then trying to find how that can um, make a lot of sense is what I go after. Uh, and then you have, you know, people that technically do that for a living. Um, I'm not sure if they're certain licensed or not, but you're analysts for blank, blank, blank institution. And they'll, you know, look for that at, fruit company, for that fruit company, for that fruit company. Yeah. Apple, right. uh, that they yeah. sell apples. Bananas. Um, yeah. And then um, yeah. <laughs> they, they can say, Hey, this company is our price target is going to be this um, for, you know, April of 2022. Right. 
if they say a number that's higher and a lot of people start saying a number that's higher, guess what happens to that stock? It goes up, right? Really? And so, yeah, if a bunch hmm. of analysts all together say that this is going to happen, then it might move up crazy but that's how it works um but those uh type of reports and things also go into consideration and so i basically build out um i call them profiles profiles on all these different stocks um that i look at where i determine okay is it you know great um or good or average or poor kind of scale it and then dig in when I think it's getting to a level of really taking off. Um, so, like I said, not perfect, but, you know, strategy wise, fitting that into each client's portfolio because everyone's customized. That's, that's how I go about rebalancing or moving positions by sell trading within them. Thank you, CJ. We're going to take a quick break now. Ryan, can you tell us about our potential sponsors? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, today, we are sponsored by Red Blankets Industry. Um, it is getting cold out there, folks, and your wives and your husbands are getting chilly. And when your heater goes out in the middle of a snowstorm, just, you know, <laughs> sounds familiar. Uh, make sure you get your wife <laughs> a red blanket because it will get down to 34 degrees in your house. Um, so you can get online and look at redblankets.com and they have a special, just put in a promo code, um, startup juice and get your red blanket for free. Thank you. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, I love being sponsored by red blankets and Twitter. Yeah. Um, I hope that's not an actual company. Uh, it is really, no, I don't know. Okay, that good. is pretty good. Um, so here's what I want to know, and this might help our listeners too, for you guys. Uh, I don't want to knock you guys. You, you are smart, but, um, you haven't, I mean, you, you don't like have licenses or manage other people's money besides your own. You also manage your own money too, which is awesome. But how did you guys get into investing from like your own initial beginning stages? Like, what did you find super useful? And yeah, fill in the blank. Canon. Um, uh, wow. I, I don't know. I like, I didn't, maybe with my engineering background, I like to know like one plus one equals two. And so then if I buy this stock, then it's for sure going to happen that it's going to go up X, Y, Z amount. And so I guess that uncertainty has, definitely hindered me from trying to pull that trigger myself and investing in little, I guess, Robin hood stocks. Um, and so I've actually entrusted a friend of mine with some of my money because he's a professional. This is what he does for a living. I don't do this for a living. Um, and so maybe my strategy is invest in what I'm good at and let other people be good at what they're good at. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my tactic. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go even a, a step further back um, and say that uh, 
I read, uh, we read a book, the three of us actually called set for life. It's by Scott trench. Mm -hmm. Um, And he says in his book, he says, saving a thousand dollars is easier than making a thousand dollars. And one thing that I've really Mm -hmm. been challenging myself on is, is not even so much how, you know, what, what, how can I invest my money? How much money can I make? But how can I more responsibly, more intelligently, uh, uh, manage my money? How can I build financial intelligence um, so that I understand um, my own assets, my own wealth, my own money, and how I'm making money, how much money I'm making, where am I spending my money? Um, you know, if, if you want to get good, get good at anything, you got you to gotta look at it, you got to practice it, you got to set goals for it. Um, and that's something I've really challenged myself this year. And that's another thing, you know, I'm hoping to continue to grow in is uh, just money management. Why is money management? Uh, and, and I really feel like starting to invest anywhere, your first step is going to be, hey, how well do you understand your own money? How well do you manage your own money? Because if you can't manage 10 bucks, you're sure as heck ain't going to manage $1,000 well. You know, um, So starting at that saving block. And once you have a, you know, a substantial amount of money, uh, not even substantial. You know what is substantial to you? Uh, don't invest money that you need, obviously. So once you're able to save money that you don't need to live, you know, um, start investing that wisely um, and paying professionals to do that for you. Do research in real estate. Look into cryptocurrency. You know, obviously, starting off smart, being smart, and investing smart. Um, that's that's kind of how I've done it. And, like Canon, I'm, I'm far from a professional, especially like UCJ. This is what you do for a job. I couldn't even begin to start to tell you, um, you know, how to do what you do, but that's why there's people out there who do it because they're good at it. So. No, I, and I, I understand. Um, I appreciate guys <laughs> saying nice things. Uh, I, I was just interested in the sense of like, um, I feel I can go way too over the top with research and stuff. That I like to look at before understanding or to understand a stock, but I didn't know if you guys had any tools or things like that, um, which kind of makes sense. But um, I guess to speak a little bit to the real estate, um, because I don't know if I can say it enough in terms of <laughs> I know nothing, just nothing about the good old real estate market. Um, but I do have a lot of clients that are interested in it, um, more so than that. They're heavily, heavily interested or invested in it. Um, and then I get to be what I simply call like a piece, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if my investments for them are simply, I call it a revolving door, perfect. Mm-hmm. If a client has, you know, huge sums of money and a windfall from a real estate deal, and then they get some money, but they know in you know a year to a couple years down the road, they're going to take most or all of that just in different chunks. They technically get to use that revolving door of putting more in or taking more out as they so choose, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I love doing that for people because the banks offer 0.0121% on your money in a savings account or something like that. Ooh, so garbage. We, wow. we can talk about um, different investments uh, or strategies to 
maybe see what money can do outside of just a check in your savings account. I think that's super smart, Siege, and, and another topic to explore in the future. Um, but, you know, I, I, all these books I'm reading about, you know, investing in finance and all this stuff, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but when I grew up, the, 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 the story that I got passed down from everyone older than me was do well in high school, get into a good college, graduate with good grades, get, it, go, get a good job afterwards, save as much money as you can and retire. That was, that was your, what is that? Six step process to living a happy life and, and retiring with money. We, we can't do that anymore. Savers are losers. You, you know, especially with inflation, especially with inflation growing faster than interest rates right now, you know, like if you, your money in the savings account, if you're just throwing it all in there, it's actually getting cheaper and cheap. You're losing money because it, yeah inflation is so high. And so, you know, that kind of shook me a little bit. I was like, man, I got to actively invest this money to watch it grow faster than inflation or else when I'm 65, you know, maybe I have a chance of saving a million dollars. Well, guess what? Million dollars, nothing in 60, you know, um, that's got a lot of high senior, um, you know, demographic going back to work because they didn't, they didn't set aside enough money. It was maybe back in 19, you know, 90 when they retired, anymore so no smart uh, smart if you got an average two percent inflation and that's what mid sixes right now with some cpi and much better data coming out it's crazy yeah um, it's can be can be a lot yeah so um but yeah no i appreciate these questions i hope I answered them and wasn't too boring on just going through what I like uh, or what I do, but no, man, I think you're right. Um, definitely building something. If you're interested in investing, takes a lot of effort, um, a lot of research homework, but you know, that's technically why I have a job and then created my own firm because I said, Hey, you are busy doing other things. What if I did it? And then invested for you yeah. and managed your accounts for whatever you need. And then, you know, I get paid. They both win. Boom. Yep. That's it. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a pretty good mentality. But I'll tell you what, it's not as tangible. I mean, yeah, you see some balances do well and you improve and increase portfolios, let's say. But I'm looking at Ryan's basement and just the hard ass work that he put in to making that thing just gorgeous. Yeah. And for our listeners at home, uh, I don't know if you've been to the Taj Mahal or the Louvre, but those uh, are garbage compared yeah. to what I'm looking at. You knowing the amount of work that Facts. was put into this. 100%. The Mona Lisa got nothing on this paint job. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And this one's for all. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing that. Um, You guys both understand some real estate. Kenny, I think you had some other thoughts on some investing uh, or different investments before we kind of wrap up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess now just with everything going digital, um, like CJ, again, thank you for enlightening us with everything. Like this is stuff 
definitely just go over my head and you you're professional in your field and i'm sure we'll pick your brain more about all of this dude like this yeah this is awesome stuff yeah um yeah i mean so as the world just goes digital right now and everyone's on their phone or some other tech device i mean there's cryptocurrencies there's nfts um just to name a few like what are there now there's five different five thousand different types of cryptocurrencies Mm. um there's nfts non-fungible tokens essentially you're buying the rights to a digital mona lisa or a digital picture like all this stuff um it's kind of the the world trying to create i guess their own sort of stock market in a sense their own currency um there's some so many different theories out there kind of what's going on um so everyone i know a lot of people right now dumping money into crypto nfts trying to play the market um again all of this is highly volatile um and yeah so i guess tread carefully to our listeners and again uh we wanted to disclaim none of this is quote like and financial investing advice it's just kind of yeah our story and kind of what we understand of things mm-hmm. um and we're all on this journey with you too yeah yeah you want to know something crazy i heard actually that just kind of takes this whole digital marketplace to a new level <clears throat> was that there was just a i think it was like 2.5 million dollar sale it was a 16 acre virtual plot on the metaverse don't even know i don't even know how that works uh but some, they're selling real estate they're now? selling they're selling digital real estate what? i don't i can't even begin to fathom how that works but i was listening to this other podcast and they were talking about how like you know what if facebook created a gateway into the metaverse this and then you can buy plots you know and obviously the most expensive advertising would be along that gateway dude just i mean just absolutely crazy stuff um that's just so much further beyond me so i you know i'm 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 interested to see you know while we explore it figure out what that looks like um yeah you know, I think NFTs are probably just about the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard yeah. of in my life, but yeah. people are paying. I heard of a half billion dollar sale for a freaking JPEG picture the other day. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, it's just silly. And, and, and again, going back to even what CJ said, you got to stay on top of this, man. You know, the, you know, do your homework, you know? do your research. Yeah. I, I remember I was, I was 10 years old um, when I started researching the metaverse because uh, I just hopped on and played on my computer. Um, so therefore, I was able to really learn what was going on and created a few characters, <laughs> played some Roller Coaster Tycoon, boxing. <laughs> so, you know, it's a lot of effort and people make fun of me because they don't think that that's actual research, but... That was hard, hard, many I, hours. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine the foresight of a 10-year-old CJ? Just what I was going through? Yeah. And I was like, time to build up for the metaverse. (laughs) I am I am creating (laughs) assets right now. (laughs) Yeah, time is my asset and I'm winning. So yeah, as an idiot. I know. Don't you wish you had knew what you knew now when you were 10? 
Yes and no. Yeah. Touche. Touche. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate the time. Shout out to our sponsors, Red Blankets and Twitter. Um, thank you very much for that. Yeah, if you guys have more questions about my investment career or just what I do, go to the good old website, basketscapital.com. Yeah. Uh, and leave some likes and comments and tag your friend on our, our non existent social media accounts. Love it. That'd be cool. Um, but hey, no, I appreciate you guys a ton. Uh, any other thoughts? I swear if we get a comment that's like, hey, I Google searched this red blanket company to get my free blanket, but <laughs> you got a discount under your code. <laughs> I don't I just don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> uh, if we have any listeners, they might actually Google it, but I don't know if we have any listeners yet. Guys, it's yeah. fake. It was fake. We made it up. <laughs> Shout out to our other sponsor, Google. <laughs> How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> See you, boys.